0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to The Primate Cast. I'm your host, Andrew McIntosh, and on today's podcast, number 53 in our series, Dr. Karen Stryer.
1: And they're so inherently interesting that pretty much all you have to do is tell someone about a primate, show them show them pictures or videos or talk about them. And it's really hard not to not to really care and really want to do something to protect them.
0: So I had the pleasure to sit down with Dr. Stryer at last year's Congress of the International Primatological Society, which was held last year in Chicago in August. So I'll start out with an apology both to you guys and to Dr. Stryer for being so late uh, with getting this up. But nevertheless, it was a great interview. Um, She has so much energy that she brings to primatology, um, to education, to conservation. And so we talk about these things in the interview, as well as her work with the Muriki project of Karachinga, which has been ongoing now for more than 34 years. We talk about 34 in the interview, now it must be 35. And just hear a lot about what she's been doing there and how her work as well as the field has been developing. Um, So Dr. Stryer is Vilas Research Professor and Irvin DeVore Professor of Anthropology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And at the time I sat down with her in Chicago last year, she had just become the new president of the International Primatological Society. So Dr. Stryer's been kind of a leader in primatology for quite some time now, and among the numerous things that she's done, she's been able to put together a string of really inspirational and educational books and texts, which I think have... Um, including myself, inspired a lot of younger researchers in the field um, and and getting people to mobilize. And so that's kind of where we pick up this interview, moving from books such as uh, the classic now Faces in the Forest about the Murikis to the more recent Primate Ethnographies, which picks up essays from various researchers in the field through the now fifth edition of the highly influential text, Primate Behavioral Ecology. And so I just asked uh, at the beginning of this interview, Dr. Stryer, to talk about how she came to the idea that, that, that inspiring people is going to be so important and such a, a big part of her own, re- her own career.
1: Oh, I think from the very start, I was interested in inspiring and mobilizing people in primatology because primatology is so important. And we are not going to ever be able to learn about primates from a comparative perspective or save them, protect them in this rapidly changing world unless we can get lots of people involved in, at all levels to study and to appreciate and to educate and to save primates. And they're so inherently interesting that pretty much all you have to do is Tell someone about a primate. Show them, show them pictures or videos or talk about them, and it's really hard not to, not to really care and really want to do something to protect them.
0: I, I guess the newest edition of primate behavioral ecology is set to come out this year.
1: It's coming out in like. A, two days the electronic version is supposed to be ready any day and the the actual text will be ready next week
0: okay and so over I don't know over that time since you started doing it I mean how have you kind of seen the field as someone who's writing about it and almost directing it grow
1: that's a great question you know I think that it's one of one of the ways it's really moved is that we have so much more information about so many more primates so that initially There were all the classic examples, all the species that... Like baboons, macaques, and chimpanzees, gorillas that had been studied... And howler monkeys that had been studied a lot. And then there were just like little examples of a few other species that I could... That I put in. And I really tried to get those other species. The New World Primates and the the prosimians and the But then nowadays... You know, it's, it's become really clear that there are so many more species being studied. And so that's one of the things that the diversity of research being conducted on wild primates now is tremendous. And it's really good research and it's really exciting. The other thing has been the taxonomy. It's completely confusing. I've had to change the figure <laughs> legends, the same photo so many times. And you know, sometimes only the Latin name changes, sometimes the common name and the Latin name change, sometimes just the Latin name. I mean it's it's crazy and I'm I I'm fearful that there will be mistakes that will confuse students because even between the time I publish and the time the time I send it to production send it to my publisher and it goes to production and the time that it actually comes out is there might be a taxonomic revision so that's something and then the third thing i think was that the field really has increasingly moved in a direction that i i have anticipated from very much ecological determinism this idea that that everything we saw was adaptive Behavior that we were observing was a result of um, evolution. And I think what we're increasingly understanding as we learn more about a greater diversity of primates is that that primates are living in these um, fluid, these, these dynamic environments, and that part of their big adaptation is the ability to change their behavior, to alter their behavior. And I think we're just beginning to come to grasps with what does that mean for our ability to talk about primates in, in any kind of coherent or consistent way?
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I think I've, I've seen you speak at a couple of IPSs now, and uh, just the kind of enthusiasm is really evident. But also, I think you talked about 34 years now? Uh, yeah, I've Marie- been
1: studying Moriquis for 34 years. Since 1982 was my first trip to Brazil, and then I went back in 1983 to start my doctoral dissertation research i was there in brazil for 14 months and i basically go back and have kept a long-term study running ever since
0: so i mean obviously that recently people have kind of started to realize the value of long-term field studies and it should have been evident from the beginning but so what kind of things for you really kind of stand out with those the really long-term data sets that now you guys have
1: well you know i i'm not sure that i mean, people appreciate the value of long-term data sets but i i don't think that part of it is just that you very few people start out with the intention of doing a long-term mm-hmm. study it's often very hard to think beyond your immediate research and mm-hmm. your research questions and a lot of the questions that that you can answer with long-term data are ones that you you couldn't answer in a one or two year period. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, it was just initially the first mystery of the the fascination. Um, Someone wrote me and said that there are some more babies and I wanted to see which of my females had babies. And then it was like, oh, this is really cool. But (laughs) there were still all of these Questions. And then a Brazilian student got in touch with me and he said he wanted to study more keys. And so I arranged to meet him when he was starting his master's research. We met at the field and I taught him how to recognize all the animals so that we would have continuity. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the beginning of the long-term project in the sense that Oh, this is the way to do it. And then I wrote a grant and I got some money to support the next um, several years of generations and it's kept going since. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is just when you think you know everything, (laughs) like, okay, I've got their social behavior figured out. I know what they eat. Something happens and they change. And so the science becomes super interesting all over again. Mm -hmm. Like you get like a reboot. and. And then you think, well, I can't stop now because everything's <laughs> different. It might completely change everything I thought was true, may not be true, or it may still be true, but under different parameters. So, and then that it's a kind of the synergy between science and the questions you can ask at different stages in a long term study, and then also the value because the conservation. And for me, it's always also been in Brazil that my field site is embedded in this rural community and mm-hmm. the people there are also part of the whole dynamic of the system and and that's something that's always been present and continues to be always more present as the study goes on
0: you know how have things kind of changed it um, in the work that you've been doing and I guess in coordination with the, the field but also just more generally in the questions that are relevant to your study uh, system
1: so I think that my research my own research and my the way I look at the field is is a real synergy and you know, when I began, and no one really knew very much about Morquies, and it was all sort of I, I had to fit the Morqueses into a comparative perspective. I had to read a lot more about other primates than because there were no more to nor, no studies on Marques to compare my study mm-hmm. to. There was one actually, but it was from what we now know to be a different species of marqui. Mm-hmm. but I think that likewise then, in the process of that comparison. I began to look at the field through a slightly different lens and then some of my ideas may have stimulated either the research on other species or the questions that other people were asking. And so that has then led to a change in the way you know it contributed to some of the dynamic changes in the way that fields and the way we think about primates and patterns of behavior the way those change.
0: So one of the things you presented this time is that in that 34 year period you've seen such a a massive increase in the, the group size at a time when in many places around the world we're you know seeing decreases or at least at the population level so you know what? What can you kind of take out of that, or or how how do you see what's going on? So
1: there? when I when I um, got involved in research in southeastern Brazil in this region where my f- long-term field site is in in Caratinga, Minas Gerais, I think the worst of the habitat loss had had already been occurring. It had there had already been this massive habitat loss, and that what I have seen since then, certainly in the last 20 years, if not 30 years, has been uh, regeneration of the habitat and really some sort of you know, environmental recovery in this particular region. Uh, That's not true for all primates, and it's certainly not true in other areas in Brazil where hunting continues to be a major problem and deforestation habitat habitat loss continues to be really significant. But in this region, I've actually watched this recovery. Maybe that's why I'm so optimistic. So I think what we're seeing is, you know, both a combination of, of maybe how far you can you push a species to the edge and then how if under under favorable demographic conditions with controlled hunting and an end to habitat loss and actually the ability, if not habitat restoration at least, with habitat, the, letting the habitat recover, regenerate itself, we begin to see that um, how that it's really possible to bring endangered species back from from the brink of extinction. And I think that some of this will involve management um, and some of it may be different. But certainly there are parts of the world now where the real increase in habitat loss is only beginning or it's begun and it's got and it's increasing at the rate of loss is accelerating. And so we can learn a lot both in terms of how to try to, not only how to anticipate to prevent these these other primate populations from being destroyed, but also maybe how we can help or what we might be able to do in an intermediate way to Mitigate some of the losses so that they can actually recover.
0: Okay, so just to close this out, um, so you are the incoming president now of yeah. the International Primatological Society, <laughs> and um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I just want to ask what it means for you, or how do you see the next uh, four years? I guess of that term going for you.
1: When it was never something I contemplated, I always thought this is what what this was something that other people would do. I've I've done plenty of service in others in other scientific societies and even serving on a lot of committees in the International Primatological Society, but I wasn't thinking about um, running for office. So when I was contacted by members of the election committee and asked to run. I was in the field and that's always a good place to ask me to do things because I'm really relaxed and I'm usually really happy and you know it's just I'm not worried about all the day-to-day things that usually plague my my normal life and um, I started thinking about it and I I decided well sure you know I should do my share and then when I was writing my statement um, I started getting into it It it's like (laughs) Wow! If I had the platform, you know, the, the support and the platform of the IPS, this is an amazing society, and and I could really maybe I could use use that position for good and try to help other primatologists in other countries and who and my colleagues in Brazil and the goals of the, of the society to actually, if I could do anything to advance these goals and, and, and help people, that I really wanted to. It just seemed like the right thing. So I, I wasn't expecting to, to get into it, but even just the process of writing my statement got me into it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of scared. I don't want to let anybody down. I want to do the best job that I can do. But I want to. Um, I really do want to make sure that we can. Um, I don't know. I just really want to make sure that we can can keep following in the footsteps of my predecessors, and you know, with each new office, each new president can bring new new ideas or help facilitate certain new things so i'm really excited i think the society is great i think there's a lot of, it's made it's great because of all the people who mm-hmm. work for it and for primates and i'm inspired i think we can build a lot of really positive synergy and hopefully make a difference
0: well thanks so much for joining us on the primate it's Pass. great thanks and so much
1: for this opportunity
0: and best of luck
1: thank you um um I will count on you to get more news out when I need it.
0: <laughs> okay, get definitely card. calling us anytime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we need to put, post a, a news alert. You have been listening to The Primate Cast, a podcast series dedicated to the study and conservation of primates around the world. Brought to you by the Center for International Collaboration and Advanced Studies in Primatology of the Primate Research Institute of Kyoto University. Visit us online at www.cicasp.pri.kyoto-u.ac.jp forward slash news forward slash podcasts and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash The Primate Cast and on Twitter at The Primate Cast.